Ah, Valentine's Day. Did you know how to express your love? Well, I figured it out about 9 o'clock last night as I went to the store and was looking at the, the bargain table, all the leftovers, you know, that weren't picked, and, uh, oh, come on, she loved it. But sometimes we maybe have a, a little difficulty with expressing what's in our heart. We're unsure about what we want to say. Sometimes people will ask me, Pastor, how do you always know what to say? Well, first of all, it's always there in the Bible, and so if I just stick with the Bible, I'm safe. Now, sometimes it's easier presenting a message than other times. Today, the message was easy to put together, and I already had it set last weekend. Except for this beginning part. I wasn't quite sure how to start it out. I was just really struggling during the week. So one day I just finally said, I'm just going to go to bed, and I'll just lie there, and I'm sure something will come. Well, sleep came. <laughs> I woke up at 5.30, and boom, that was the first thing on my mind. I still don't have that beginning done. So I got up, and I thought, I'll just start thinking about things. And I decided to do an e my email, and sure enough, there it was, the message that I needed to share with you. It came in an email from a group that, that encourages and trains people in doing ministry of encouragement to others, speaking words of encouragement. And here's what was at the end of their email. Remember, when you reach out to a hurting person, you are not alone. Christ is at work in and through you to bring hope and healing to the other person. Good caring. I thought, that's really it. That's really behind everything that I'm writing and everything that we do in our ministry here. It's about Christ. That's why, things, that's why the things we do bless people, because Christ is there. As we maybe were thinking of different ways to express Valentine love, you know, I thought about prayer. James told us, as we heard before, that prayer is a great way to express all sorts of things to God, to, to bring out what's in our heart. And why do we do that? Because we're seeking what's in God's heart. And that's what prayer is. Seeking the heart of God. This morning we want to look at a, an account from Scripture about a woman who was in distress who went to Jesus seeking his heart. It's recorded for us in Matthew chapter 15. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman, so not a Jewish woman, a Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, she keeps crying out after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and, and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she said. He replied, It is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs 
that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was healed at that moment. Valentine's Day, it's all about the heart, huh? But what's in your heart? What's on your heart? Is there love? Is there some worries, some concerns, some troubles, some doubts? Maybe some joys, maybe some triumphs. As James reminded us, prayer is a great way to seek the heart of God for whatever our situation is. Now we might wonder sometimes exactly how do I do that? How should I seek the heart of God? Well, first of all, remember what's in the heart of God. A couple of weeks ago I spoke to you about seeing God's heart. He opens up and he tells us what's there. He said, I am a compassionate and gracious God. He is patient. He's abounding in love and faithfulness and forgiveness. All of those things are there in the heart of God. So what then should we do in seeking his heart? Simply ask. Ask, as this woman did, for mercy. Now, mercy. Mercy simply means, don't treat me, Lord, in a way that I deserve to be treated because of who I am or what I've done, but treat me in just the opposite way. In other words, treat me according to my needs. It reminds me of, of what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4 when he said, Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So how should you seek the heart of God? Simply ask for His mercy, that He would meet your need, whatever your need is. Now, looking at this situation in our account today, we can see a, a number of needs that this woman has that we probably have too. First on her mind was the suffering that her daughter is going through. Her daughter was demon-possessed. Now, we're not given all the details, exactly how did she know that, or what was this daughter experiencing, but obviously she was in torment. I find it interesting, by the way, that in, in the Bible, demon possession is talked a lot around the time of Jesus, and not necessarily so much the other times. I think that's because the devil was working very hard to keep people away from God. That was his goal. Keep people from God, stop what God is trying to do. And so they actually took possession of people. Now, we may not see a lot of that today. I don't know, well, if you have a teenage daughter, maybe you think, maybe she's possessed. No, no, not Michaela. I'm sorry, wherever you are. No, no, dear, I love you. But, but whatever it was, it was a horrible suffering. And maybe we can't relate to the demon possession side, but we can certainly relate to other suffering, other physical things that we go through that are tough. They're terrible. Bring your need to God. Sometimes that, that physical suffering we go through can also create a lot of stress in our life too. 
And, and, and stress in our life may not just come from physical suffering, it could come from a lot of other things, just, just all the responsibilities that we have in life, you know, the, uh, work and school and, and home, uh, the finances, maybe relationships are kind of rocky. There's all sorts of things that can contribute to stress in our life. Take that need to the Lord. Now, if it is that you're not suffering, or really haven't, and, and, and maybe if you haven't gone through any stressful times, there's still something else that we can relate to here with this woman. Something that we all have in common, and that is sin. We all suffer from sin. You know, whether it's something that we think is, is terrible, like, like beating people up, or, 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 or stealing from people, or maybe the immorality that sometimes creeps into our heart and in our lives. Or even simple things like gossiping or trash-talking others. Or, or maybe putting other things as more important in our life than, than God. Maybe some of the fears and the worries we have in life instead of trusting God. All of those are the same. They're all sin. And they all do the same thing in our life. They bring trouble into our life. And they cause us really to be separated from God because now we don't qualify for any of his blessings because we've rebelled against him and we don't trust him. So whether it's suffering, physical suffering or stress or, or sin, we all have needs and we can all bring them to God with this assurance that he will meet our needs. I just shared with you a couple of minutes ago that passage that Paul wrote in Philippians 4 about bringing all your requests to God. A few verses later, he writes this, And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. Did you see what he said? My God will meet all of your needs. Why? How? according to the riches of His glory. It's not according to how good you've been living lately, how nice you are, or according to what promises or commitment you've made to God. If that were the case, we'd really be in trouble. But God blesses us according to the riches, the wealth, the abundance, the overflowing of His glory, which is His grace, that undeserved unconditional and unending love that he has for us in Jesus Christ. You see, it's, it's because of Jesus that all of our needs are going to be met. It was Jesus who perfectly qualified for the blessings from God because he's the one who has lived perfectly. And through faith in him, that perfect obedience of Jesus is given to us by God and so it's because of Jesus that we will be blessed. No matter how sinful we've been, no matter how doubtful or unfaithful we are, we will be blessed because of Jesus. That's why the prophet Jeremiah said, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. God's compassions 
He's got a compassion that meets every need that we have. God's compassions never fail. They never stop. They never get blocked. They never get challenged. They never run dry. They never quit. They never fail. It's because of Jesus that we're blessed. And so Jeremiah continues, So I say to myself, The Lord is my portion. Therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Because of Jesus, we're blessed. So the encouragement then is, wait on Jesus. Take your needs and put them on him. And just wait in faith for him to answer. That's how we seek the heart of God. Now, have you ever had an, an email, for example, that uh, you've sent it, but maybe was never received? You know, and a person says, hey, I never got your email, and, and you check, and it says, well, right here it says it was sent. Or maybe, like it happened to me this week, I sent an email to somebody, and it came through all jumbled up and couldn't make sense of what it was. And I look back at what I wrote, and it was all there. Something happened in the translation or in the transmission. You know, that never happens with prayer. And here's why. The Apostle Paul wrote, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. So we know that whatever our need is, and as we, we are looking to God for help, that need will always be translated by the Holy Spirit into a beautiful prayer, one that is drenched with the merits of Christ. So we know it's put before the throne of God. You see... Prayer is a great way for us to seek the heart of God because God cares. As I mentioned, this woman that Jesus was dealing with was not a Jew. She was a Canaanite, considered outside of the realm of the kingdom of God. And, and Jesus was walking in an area that was kind of outside the boundaries. What was he doing way up in that region? That's not where he was sent to minister. But he was there because he cares. The heart of God was seeking this woman. And so we can seek the heart of God. But then, as you go back and listen to this dialogue between Jesus and this woman, you're maybe struck by some of the responses that Jesus gave. First of all, Jesus didn't answer a word. And so his disciples came to him and said, you know, send her away. She keeps crying out after us. Now, I don't know exactly what the disciples were thinking. I don't know if they meant, you know, just quickly heal her and send her on. Or let's just move away from her. She's such a pest. But it really doesn't matter what they were thinking because the focus is on what was Jesus doing. He wasn't interested in sending her away, even though he was silent. And then he responds, I was sent only 
to the lost sheep of Israel. And so this woman comes then and kneels before him and cries out, Lord, help me. And he replied, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And she responds, yes, it is, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. What's going on in this? Jesus was testing her, not pushing her away. Jesus was trying to draw her closer to, her, to him in faith. And that's exactly what she was doing. And so you see, prayer is a way for us to draw closer to God, a way for us to affirm our faith in him. Now, she was expressing faith in Jesus, not just because he could heal her daughter, but because she knew who he was. She addressed him as Lord, Son of David, which was a term, a name that was given only to the Messiah, the promised Savior. She believed Jesus was that promised Savior. Now, I don't know how she found out about that, because she wasn't a Jew, and, but somehow the word about the Messiah, the word about Jesus being that Savior, got to her. And the Spirit moves her to come and to seek his mercy. And she does, appealing to his faithfulness. And that's what Jesus said he came to do and to be, faithful. I came to save the lost sheep. That's exactly what Jesus came to do. We're told that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He would do that as he healed this girl, and that demon was cast out from her. But more so, he did it in destroying the, the, the darts of temptation that the devil throws at us and gets us to fall into sin. Jesus came and destroyed sin with his perfect life of obedience. That, that sting of sin that hits us, that's been removed. And the punishment for our sins, Jesus took that away from us too. When he took it on himself and, and suffered the wrath of God on Calvary's cross for us. Now, I bet, on, I bet on that day we call Good Friday, I bet the demons and the devil were just hooting it up, all full of joy because they thought they stopped God. But they were wrong. And they heard about it three days later when Jesus rose from the dead and then descended into hell to show himself victorious over the devil and the demons. They didn't stop him then and they won't stop him now. Prayer is our way of affirming our faith in the faithfulness of God to save us. Because he saves us, because God sent his son into this world, he also will not withhold anything that we need in this life. And so we can come to him in prayer and affirm our faith in his power and his grace. Jesus said he was come to save the lost sheep, and why should he take this bread and cast it to the dogs? And the woman says, it is right, because we can eat from the crumbs of God too. The crumbs of God, his power and his grace for us. Wow. Those crumbs, that's all I need in this life, Lord, is your power and your grace. 
And I know you have bread. And I know you have a whole banquet spread waiting for me in heaven. But right now, I just need the crumbs of your mercy, your grace, and your power. And God will give that. So affirm your faith in God with prayer. With your heart and with your voice. Come to him with your needs and with your confidence that he will bless you, even if it is with just the crumbs of his grace and power. I want to obviously, with this message, encourage you in prayer. Well, this week, we're also going to be sending to you some emails. Uh, We've been encouraged to pray for our mission work in China. Uh, in, in China, they're coming up on the celebration of the Chinese New Year, and it's a 15-day celebration. And we've been encouraged each one of those 15 days to pray for our missionaries in China. And so we're going to be sending you some emails uh, to pray for our missionaries. Now, if you're not on our email uh, list, uh, you can give us your email address and we'll put you there. But we'll be sending you those prayers. And as you get them, don't delete the email. <laughs> Read it. Sometimes there's good things in the email. This prayer will be asking God for his grace and power in working to bring that grace to the people in China. That's how we affirm our faith. We use prayer. But we can also affirm our faith in in praise and proclamation. Praising God and, and telling others what he has done. The prophet Isaiah said that. I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord the deeds for which he is to be praised, according to all the Lord has done for us. Yes, the many good things he has done for Israel, according to his compassion and his many kindnesses. Let's use our heart. Let's use our voice to tell what God does. You've seen that that display board in the entryway when you came in. You see how that heart is filled up. We've asked people, pick up one of those little hearts and write in there a blessing God has given you. And you see how it's filling up. Share and stop by and read. This is what God is doing. When, when you leave this morning, uh, the ushers at the door will, will give you a little bag, and inside there's a little heart-shaped piece of paper. And inside that piece of paper, there are some seeds. Take it and, and plant it somewhere where you're going to check on it in a few weeks. Uh, maybe it's in your backyard, maybe it's in a flower pot. Check it. And as that seed grows and blossoms, be reminded of the blessings that God gives you in answer to prayer, and then praise him. So that's what my message is about this week. Pray. You know, there are two ways that we commonly end our prayers. One, we usually say, in Jesus' name. And by that we mean, we are praying with faith in his works and his words. It's because of Jesus that our prayers are answered. And we affirm that when we say, Amen. Amen is not simply, well, I don't have any more to say, period. No, the word Amen means this is truth. And the truth is not so much what I've just asked for, like I'm telling you the truth, God, this is my need. The truth is Jesus, who said he is the Amen, the truth. It's because of Jesus that my prayers are heard. It's because of Jesus that I'm a child of God, saved. 
It's because of Jesus that my prayers are put before the throne of God. It's because of Jesus that I can come to that heart of God and seek his blessings, knowing that it's not just crumbs that are there for me, but a whole table, a whole banquet for eternity. Jesus says, come and knock, and I will open the door, and we will dine together. That's what it means when we say, Amen. Jesus lives. I am saved. He hears my prayers.